It's always a, a face palm. Always. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, podcast listener, even if you are alone in your entrepreneurial pursuit, know that today, right now in your earbuds, you are joined by thousands of entrepreneurs all around the globe seeking to do the same thing you are. If you want to know more about this program or this podcast or want to get barraged by a lot of annoying pop-ups, check out our website, lifestylebusinesspodcast.com. Yeah, buddy. Happy Thursday morning. It's the Lifestyle Business Podcast. This is the show where we believe building a business is the best way to create more personal freedom and opportunity in your life. Today, I'm joined by my business partner, a man I call the Boss Man. How you doing, Boss Man? Doing well, Dan. I am. Uh, I'm going bankrupt here in California, so I am uh, getting ready to get on a plane this week and head to Vietnam. <laughs> am I going to see you there? Speaking of going bankrupt, I'm staying in a hotel in Hong Kong. One of my favorite places on the planet. I just think this is one of the coolest places. But uh, yes, definitely. I, I got to get back to Vietnam and see what's going on with the uh, great group of people there. And uh, speaking of great groups of people, we are talking about community today. Actually, today in Hong Kong, I'm going to be meeting up with some DCers at a coffee shop. I absolutely love that kind of thing. 696 Dynamite Circlers worldwide as of the recording of this and uh, that's what we're going to talk about today we've got a question about unorthodox techniques for growing communities and we're going to share some thoughts on that but first some quick news mark took a picture of him at a bullfight listening to the lbp saying unlike the sport the lbp ain't got no bull what do you think? Is that a good one? That's a great one, man. Uh, tell you what doesn't look so great, though, is those seats. You might need to work on an upgrade. <laughs> Relevant to that, Ian, we got a five-star iTunes review. Cue the applause effect by Andre says, much better than expected. It must be the palm tree bait and switch, Ian. I simply did not expect the podcast to be as educational, interesting, and uh, also they have learned a lot along the way. When you go back to the blog's early days, listening to the podcast is like unearthing a time capsule. That's right, for your pleasure and our embarrassment to satisfy the masochistic tendencies in us, Ian, we have left the first 100 episodes of this podcast at lifestylebusinesspodcast.com. And if you want to see that picture of Mark at the bullfight, this is episode 165. How do you feel about having those early episodes still up for posterity's sake? Yeah, you know, I think uh, the nicest backhanded comment that people say to us is, wow, you guys have really grown. And I think they're right, man. Yeah, it's amazing how much we've changed. I remember walking through the suburbs looking at the big houses thinking how do people afford houses like how do people have business ideas the idea of having a business idea just seemed overwhelming like i didn't have any they just weren't in my head and you know all that's changed just because of focus and, and deciding what kinds of things we wanted to do with our lives so i still feel like i'm just getting started and learning every day and to be honest even with this podcast every time we finish recording one i feel a little bit sick I feel uh, like I don't... Yeah. Face palm, you know? Well, I don't know what else to say about that, except let's get moving on to the meat and potatoes. We're going to talk about building strong communities and protecting your content. Why are we talking about it? Because Trevor Pirtle from Real Life English sent us a question, and we love getting questions. So here it is. Yo, what's up, Dan and Ian? This is Trevor Pirtle from Real Life English. I'm just calling in for a few things. First of all, your podcast kills it, man. I've listened... From the first episode all the way to the current episode in order. And man, it's just amazing listening to your guys' story from the beginning to where you're at now. Just awesome. And so that leads me into this topic that I would love for you guys to talk about that you seem really good at. And that's community building. 
So if you guys could talk about, say, some misconceptions that most people have with building community, some uncommon things that people aren't doing but are, say, easy to implement or even not easy but are really powerful. So thanks for listening to this little audio. And hope to meet you guys soon. All right, Ian. I like I like the question because you know none of the things that we're going to say right now are going to be easy to implement. That's for sure. But I do think that they're powerful, and I think that community oriented businesses are incredibly exciting and powerful. And you know, great marketing and great businesses generally excite a small community of of fans. And that's what we talk about a lot here. So let's talk about how to get that done. Number one, embody the connectors mentality. All right. Now the connector's mentality is not going to be confused with the marketer's mentality, which sees everybody as a little blip going through some giant sales funnel in the sky. The connector's mentality is more about spinning people off to whatever is going to benefit them and move forward their cause most effectively. So this is this fundamental idea of caring more about the change you are trying to see in the world than your own immediate self-interest. Yeah, Dan, let me uh, let me talk a little bit about the connector's mentality because I'm going to talk a little bit about you. You are the connector, right? And you've always kind of been the connector. So you're the kind of guy uh, where when I write you an email, you send me out to points of reference or places where you think will be more valuable than maybe even something that you can provide me from your own experiences. And I think that's really what a connector does is uh, they send you out to information that's relevant. They connect you with relevant people. They are there and they exist to help you uh, on your way and very unselfishly. The thing about it is, Ian, is people are on this epic quest in every marketplace In ours, it's entrepreneurship. They're trying to finish basically a marathon, right? And along that marathon, they're going to need a lot of swigs of Gatorade. And you're only ever going to be that one little Gatorade stand guy. And so if if you insist on being all the Gatorade stands, you're not going to help people as much than if you make sure they say, hey, two miles down the road, there's a guy with bananas. You're going to want to eat one of those too. And I just think that that's a way to embody this fundamental integrity of truly helping people along their journey. And this has strategic significance too, which will relate in our second point, which is create systems to connect members of your community. So this is the idea of equipping people with processes for things like group learning, meetups, and connections. If the entire community relies on you doing all this stuff constantly, I don't think that's as powerful in the long run as as empowering people to make their own types of connections. And of course, you're not going to be able to control everything. And of course, that's going to maybe create uh, direct competitors and of course, all those things. But that's okay, again, because ultimately what you're trying to do is move forward the change you're trying to see in the world, right? That's the difference than being a sort of a traditional marketer that's just trying to funnel everybody into their, their product. All right, Dan. So the idea here is to take this connector's mentality that you have and to figure out a way to overlay that onto the community, right? Because you only scale so far. So we need to build out these SOPs for our community so that your idea of a connector actually scales through systems. Yes. And we want to empower people to operate on those principles. And it doesn't make sense to go to make an SOP that says our principle is always send them to our product. That's not what you do as you manage a community. You don't say, well, what what happens when someone has a problem like X? We'll send them to the product. We're just trying to make the distinction that growing a community can be a lot different than growing a traditional marketing sales funnel. Number three, be willing to get out in front and advocate for positions, ideas, products, or events. The more specific, the better. You know, I think a lot of people, they like to step out and say, you know, here's 
the digital nomad manifesto or here's, you know, the travel manifesto and all this kind of stuff. And I like that. I'm into that too. But a lot of times the more powerful stuff is when you ad- advocate specific positions that you feel like people should be taking. Like we think you should set up a business in Hong Kong. In fact, that's why I'm here. Or we think you should come to this party and that's going to be good for you because like we're going to make it great. Like that's going to be our goal. I think in general, like this is what's popping up and what's been missing from the internet until recently is this uh, point of view that's so valuable. And so I think injecting that point of view into your community is just as valuable as it would be when you write a blog post. Yeah, what we've realized is that when you're not leading with point of view, like clear point of view, especially when you're starting a business, you're scared about you know turning people away or you know you got to be willing to say, hey, look, this is what we're doing. If it's not for you, it's not for you. No bigs. Like this is what we believe here. And that can prevent the group from sort of doing navel gazing and or it can create some bad energy in a group when there's no leadership. And part of having these point of views and moving people forward is that then you can help empower the other people in your community to move people forward in those ways too. All right, fourth point and final point. There's this concept that I learned when I was reading philosophy and I, it was it stuck with me ever since. And it's this idea of the beneficial reading. And the theory behind it is, is Whenever you're reading a philosopher, the supposition is that people are generally good. And the idea is when you read people's stuff, you give them the benefit of the doubt. Like rather than trying to poke holes or figure out why they're, what's this guy thinking or what's this, you know, instead you're thinking, what is their best self trying to say? Like, what's the most interesting part of their idea? What are they trying to put forward? And I found this has helped me in business so much, you know, because it's easy to get crabby. And that's what we're trying to, you know, we're trying to engender this whole different set of behaviors, which is always looking for the best in people and always feeling like you have something to learn from everybody. Rather than being this guru person who just knows the right way to do everything, it's rather taking that humble student approach and thinking, you know, this person's onto something. They have a valuable experience. I'm going to try to figure out what they're trying to say. I think you're right, Dan. I think that in generally uh, people are good and that we do have something to learn from everybody. I think that's one of the cool things about the DC is, especially for me, you know, when I go to these meetups and even on the forum, somebody always has something to offer. Even if I've, I've done it before, they've done it a different way. Even if I haven't done it, then maybe I'll learn something from them. But I don't care what stage of the game you're in. I have something to learn from you. And I think, you know, a community that kind of doesn't have a huge ego about itself like that, it really stands to benefit from that kind of thinking. And I think it's even more relevant in today's world where you have people connecting from such disparate parts of the world and from different value perspectives. Of course, we want to try to filter some of that with our messaging up front. But, you know, a lot of times I'll read somebody's first email to me and I'll be like, my first thought will be, what? Like, what's, what's, what is this person even talking about, you know? And then I'll meet them in person or like on num- email number five, I realize that we're brothers from another mother or something like that. So I'm glad that I didn't have that negative attitude up front. Generally, there is some common ground to be found uh, with most everybody. And I like that. Uh, I guess running a community really forces you because otherwise you would never sleep. <laughs> Yeah, Dan. So I think the thing about it is, you know, the same thing happens with the DC. There's this on online component and then there's an offline component. Sometimes you don't get it online and then you get it in person. And I think that's really unique about these new style communities. I think back in the day, like all these communities, um, they either stayed online or they were offline. And so now we've got kind of this hybrid community and it's got its whole new set of problems. But I think it's really cool to be able to meet some of the people in person that we're interacting with online. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a huge trend, Trevor. And any way you can get your community members together in the room, that's a great system for having them develop their own relationships 
and to help you scale that change that you're trying to see in the world. So uh, we got two misconceptions, Trevor, because you also asked us about that. The first one is that community-based businesses are a set it and forget it kind of thing. Not quite what we found. We spend a massive amount of energy managing and contributing to the community. We've got full-time employees with an S working on this stuff. Everything is always changing, you know, and there's constantly different concerns. And, and sometimes people, you know, the first time, have you ever heard of this concept called jumping the shark, Ian? It's like the hipster idea that like, oh, they were cool before they started doing X or this was cool before it got popular, all this kind of stuff. The first time someone told me the DC jumped the shark was at member number 11. <laughs> it's just funny how like you know i'm sure it's jumped the shark for a lot of people a bunch of different times and um i think part of it is is that you have to understand that you have to constantly evolve you have to constantly change and invest and focus on that broader vision you know back to the point number one like what is really going to bring people forward and how can i uniquely provide that and focus on that because people are going to give you feedback on a broad range of things some of which don't necessarily contribute to that vision maybe contribute to a different sort of thing. And it's it's only you that can decide that, uh, you know, where you want to take things. Yeah, and make sure that it sticks. Well, that's part of the reason why, you know, part of the connector mentality, Ian, is being the number one member of your group. If DC wasn't something that we founded, I would be the biggest member of whoever did found it because it's something that I want to be a part of. You know, when I travel, I want to meet people. I want to share business ideas with people. Those are the kinds of values that I want to be a part of every day. And so... That's part of just staying true to like what your fundamental vision is, even though people maybe have different ideas about that. Final thought on uh, set it and forget it, Dan. At every different member increment, you know, at 11, at 100, at 300, we're always thinking, you know, what is this looking like? What is this going to look like in the future? And it's uh, it's not always easy to predict how everybody's going to interact at that level. You know, we're going to have our largest meetup in uh, Bangkok that we've ever hosted. And it's like, well, what is that going to look like? And, you know, we've been lucky enough to talk to a couple of people that have thrown similar events. So, you know, we're getting some ideas from them, but it's constantly changing. I mean, I feel like it's a totally different experience today than it was uh, the first day, and I'm sure it will be next year too. Final misconception, Trevor, is that a lot of people, when they focus on communities, it's like, all right, well, I'm going to have like this like sort of free content, and I'm going to have this exclusive content, and I'm going to like put a paywall in between. It's be like, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. You could forget about that. I mean, and I've talked to a lot of community-based business managers. This is a high-friction blood sport, man. I'm talking phone. I'm talking personal meetups. I'm talking people sending you emails. I'm talking people trying to take you down. You're very accessible in this community type of stuff. You know, not everybody's going to be happy with you all the time. And it's not just a simple matter of putting up some premium content and collecting fees on that stuff. I mean, there are potential for that. I guess if you're in the financial space, if you're publishing like super high-end timely content, you know, that's a little bit different than what we're talking about here with creating a real community around something. And there's personalities. I mean, this is a person-to-person community. Yeah, and I think, hey, let's focus it back to the number one thing, which is, Trevor, you have a mission in the world. You have an idea of where you want to bring people. I think as long as you focus on that, good things are going to happen. And when you get bogged down in this kind of stuff, you know, you can lose sight of that. And that's really thinking about you because those are your problems, right? That's not the community's problem that you have to work hard or that you have to get on the phone with your members and stuff like that. You know, they don't care about that. So I think it's, again, it's an airy-fairy high-minded, but if you can focus on where you're trying to move people, that's really the exciting part. And that's what people are going to want to be a part of. All right. So let's get moving on to just the tips. I got a hot tip from Hot Money. Mr. Joe Magnotti said, if Better Touch Tool doesn't work for you, check out 
Moom. And again, Moom or Better Touch Tool will allow you to do split screen. Like right now, I'm split screening between the notes and the audio track so I can make sure that we're recording successfully here. It's useful all the time. Yesterday, I wrote a bunch of emails to our accountant. I had our spreadsheets and our banking information on one side of the screen. So if you're a digital nomad traveling with just a laptop, you need that split screen capability. Check out Moom or Better Touch Tool. Yeah, buddy. And uh, my quick tip, Dan, for this week is to go over to paulgram.com and read his article called Do Things That Don't Scale. You know, the first time I listened to uh, Seth Godin's startup school, I was just like, yes, just head nodding the whole time. And I felt the same way when I read this Paul Graham article. He just has so many good insights into why you should do things that don't scale. And we've talked about this a lot on the podcast in the past. You know, he's talking about things like recruiting, fragile uh, delight, things like that. So I uh, highly recommend it if you're just starting a business, if you've been running a business for a long time, killer insight from Paul Graham. Yeah. And if you haven't yet done a deep dive on Paul Graham's site, paulgram.com, wait till Sunday to go there because you could easily get lost. All right, Ian, uh, back by popular demand, you are the DJ this week. What do you got for us? Yeah. Hey, uh, I'm, I keep thinking that I'm going to get unseated here. Actually, uh, this week I'm really trying to, but you guys keep voting me back in. So I appreciate that. Uh, this week, we've got Street Struck by Big L. If you uh, grew up like me in the suburbs in the 90s, you might remember. All right, you can vote on Ian CJ Skills, episode 165 of the Lifestyle Business Podcast. As always, we appreciate you joining us, and we'll see you next Thursday night. Booyah! Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Don't be shy. We've got a mailing list. Check it out at lifestylebusinesspodcast.com. Go there, get yourself signed up, and we'll keep you up to date on everything we do, plus give you immediate access to episode 1 through 100 of the LBP. It is the cheapest way to fly business class on your next international flight. We'll see you next Thursday morning.